Cinema Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is entitled Famously Alive. It is from the album Famously Alive by Gorilla Toss. And that is out March 25th, 2022. And that technically, depending on when you listen to this, is tomorrow. And my guest today is Cassie Carlson, the front person of that band. And let me tell you this. This is a great fucking interview. She is so awesome and charming and funny, and I had a blast. I felt like I was talking to an old pal, and I love when that happens with this show. And we went into a lot of really cool areas that I'm not going to tell you about because you're going to listen to it, but it's great, and I really love it. And on my Patreon, there's bonus material of the podcast. Um, I think we talked for like an hour and a half. There's a 20-minute extras on the so you can go to the mattdwyer.com become a patreon subscriber and experience the extra conversation and that goes on with many of my episodes some are two-parters and the part two lives on patreon five dollars a month the mattdwyer.com um also cassie carlson has a radio show called rare pair radio and it's on wjff it's a uh community radio station you can stream that all links to all things Cassie are in the show notes. So you can go to Gorilla Toss's Bandcamp and buy that fucking album and all their albums because they're all great. Man, they're really... It's, you know, I realized this this morning I was listening to the album, the new album, on my walk because I get advanced copies, not to brag. but And I was listening to some older albums, actually, as well. And I thought to myself... And this is, I think, why I do this podcast is I've kind of always been chasing that feeling that goes when you hear something new and exciting and different. Like, there's a lot of great music. But, like, the first time I heard Tom Waits, I went, what the fuck is this? Like, you stop. And I felt that way with Fugazi and a lot of other bands. And I felt that with Gorilla Toss, where you just stop and you go, this is really different. And I like it a lot. And I feel like <laughs> I am constantly in pursuit of that feeling when you when a song or a band stops you in your tracks and you're like, what the fuck is this? I also felt that way with Electrolane. I don't know if you know that band. I've blogged about them a few times on my Patreon. And I have two of the members of, of uh, Electrolane slated to show up at some point on this podcast. I have to follow up on that. But if you're... Never heard that band. Do yourself a favor, because holy fuck, they're also awesome. Anyway, back to Cassie and and her radio show. Uh, check that out. It's all in the show notes. She's really great. And also, now time for a little bit of house cleaning. Um, if you are interested in podcasting and you don't know how to go about it, I am starting to become, uh, starting a thing where I can consult you on that. You can go to my website, thematdwire.com. That link is in the show notes. There's a page for this. And I can help you if you have a germ of an idea. I can help you build it out to a fully realized podcast, how to approach that, what equipment to use, how to interview people, and all those pro tips. I have helped a lot of people develop material over the years. I've worked with David Keckner, who uh, is Champ Kind and Todd Packer. I helped him create live material. I've worked with Rob Delaney. I've written for television, Jonah Ray's show, and I've consulted with uh, no other than Rick Rubin. So, 
I think I know a few fucking things in this world, and I can help you develop your idea. And if you already have a podcast, you say, Dwyer, fuck off. I don't need you. I can help you edit it. Just send me the files, and I can edit it for you. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I do it. I edit all the time. You listen to the podcast, you know I can edit. I do all this shit. I do all this shit. So go to themattdwyer.com. Check out all that stuff. You can also buy merch. As well, if you need a website, Kelly R. Dwyer, my partner in life, she makes websites. Her link is in the show notes as well. She does My Favorite Murders podcast website. She does Ologies, which is a great podcast. She does Politicians. Of course, only to the left, please. Only socialists. (laughs) No dirty fucking neo-liberals or conservatives in our house. Um, And that's it. Check out those things. Do those things. And more importantly, Cassie Carlson's radio show and buy the album. It is so good. It's on Sub Pop. I didn't mention that. It's on Sub Pop. Uh, And I love Sub Pop. You may have noticed. I have a lot of their guests or artists as guests. That's all. Thank you very much for listening. And please enjoy my conversation with Cassie Carlson. I don't know where I'd be without Medicare. Right. Like, I've been on Medicare my entire life, you know, and I, I've gotten everything done on it, but there's so many people that just like are just a little bit above like the, um, the cutoff and they are just drowning in medical debt, especially middle-class, you know, people with families. It's like, why wouldn't you just extend it a little bit more, you know, or for everybody, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and like it's like people are like holding off going to the doctor and going to you know getting tested for for anything you know making sure they're not sick and it just ends up costing more money in the end for the state. So why not just just give it to everybody? It would be a billions of dollars of difference for what the state spends. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah, like you, I've been in a certain income where I was able to get state insurance. And like I had a major surgery a little over a year ago, and if I didn't have that, I would have been so fucked, so so fucked, fucked so fucked, totally. Even basic mental health things, you know, I've able to I've been able to find myself a therapist. You know, I've been psychiatrist, all kinds of things. Uh, I discovered this year that I need I've needed glasses my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was amusing to me, but like, like my whole life, like I've needed glasses. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, why is it? You know, I get so tired. Like when I, when I drive, like it's hard for me to drive at night, you know? And like, I was like getting these headaches and my eyes were red and, um, we're like, Oh, well, you should see an eye doctor. And they're like, yeah, you need glasses. And I like put everything on. I was like, Whoa, there's like so much definition and everything's so beautiful. And I was like, wow, I was like looking at the clouds and like just the colors and like the definition. I was like, damn. Yeah. Suddenly life is everything looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It's like suddenly life is a Terrence Malick film. It's just like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) everything. It is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I like had trouble seeing the board as a kid. Now just like listening like memorizing everything I said, you know, <laughs> probably better for your brain in a way to, uh, to make your brain more active. Yeah. Yeah. I love listening to podcasts and like 
just like listening to like people talk actually in preparation for like talking with you. I was like listening to Eric Slick, your oh, interview yeah. with Eric Slick. Oh, that was, I really enjoyed that. Oh, thank He's great. Like there's guys and it were individuals like that. Yeah. that just make it like so much fun. And yeah. Where I don't have to really do anything. <laughs> oh, no, I know. He was just like talking. He was like, he was all jazzed up. But um, I not only respect him as a person, but I was just like digging like the things he was saying about meditation and just like, and I actually, uh, yeah, I actually like messaged him like right after I listened to it, like late at night. And I was like, hey, man, that was really sick. And he like responded right away. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, I like, yeah. Do you know him? Did you know I him? I felt for- seen. <laughs> I want I you to like, feel cool. seen. Yeah, I'm not, I've been I've been watching him for a long time, but um, yeah, it was just cool that he like messaged me back on Instagram, you know. Uh, yeah, but I was just trying to do some research, figure out who you were, like, <laughs> you know, who the heck is this guy? Like, is, is he is he gonna ask me weird questions? Or, <clears throat> but also, you know, I wanted to like remember like how to talk to people because I haven't like done. I used to do interviews all the time, but like as a band, like we haven't really been active. Well, we've been active, but not like publicly for like two years because of uh, the pandemic, you know? Yeah. And now you're living, are you still in upper state New York? Like sort of in I am. Yeah. You can see actually out this window. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. I so want this, that. Uh, I rent a little house uh, in Livingston Manor, which is in the Catskills, like right outside, uh, right outside two hours out of the city um so i rent like a little house it's it's only eight hundred dollars for a whole house holy fuck and it's on uh (laughs) yeah it's two 260 acres i live on so that's where the album has been written in this little house and it was really sick for the pandemic because i could just like kind of walk around and like not run into anybody which is awesome anyways but even more awesome when there's like a, a virus going around <laughs> was that having after living boston new york was that like was that a, an adjustment to be just like and now i'm in the quiet with nobody um well i was already like playing with the idea because like we wrote one of our albums up in this town at like another house um eraser stargazer and i remember that winter it was like there was like two feet of snow on the ground and like our little minivan like had a hard time getting up the you know mountain road to like get to the cabin and i I was just like so frustrated i was like i don't know where to like i can't order takeout like i have to like (laughs) go to the grocery store and like plan my day you know like you go to like a restaurant or a bar and like the band walks in and like it's like a record scratch you know (laughs) they're like uh who are these people (laughs) but uh yeah I like this little town and um now when I go to the city I'm like oh my fucking god it's so loud here so you know (laughs) we moved outside Los Angeles and it's like it's still like it's a little city and there's like yeah. a downtown, but like I go into LA and I'm just like, holy fuck, how did I do this? Like, how did I? It's so loud. It's like in your head. And it's, I, and yeah. I, I it makes me feel old. Like, oh, I guess I'm that person now. No, I don't think, I don't think you should think that. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people are like moving out of the city of like all ages. I know a lot of people have moved to this area in particular. Um, and 
I think that's one good thing that happened from the pandemic is people realize, realizing, you know, I can work from home, you know, I don't need to live in cities. I can like, you know, I can just be with myself. And I think that that's, that's kind of like, well, while being here alone, you know, and like, well, Peter too and Ariane, um, I just kind of like realized, you know, I got to get comfortable like in my own body because this is it. <laughs> I was, this is my skin suit and I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, cause I, it's taken me a long time to get comfortable in my own skin. And, and it's like, I'd, I'd lie to myself and be like, Hey man, you're doing pretty good. And then meanwhile, I'm fucking binge drinking and shoving Coke up. My nose. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> None of those things are a good sign of somebody who's centered. Yeah. <laughs> and not saying that I totally am, but like, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm starting not to like despise, you know, the environment that I create for myself and, um, yeah, I mean, I, the, you know, I started working out and, and meditating and meditating on my walks, like around this property is really cool. Cause every day you walk, you know, you see something different. Like you're with, I was with my dog. Uh, I have a chow chow. He's like a huge bear <laughs> dog. He comes on tour. <laughs> you take your dog on tour? I do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's super like, uh, chill and like, I don't know. He sleeps a lot and he just, he just kind of wants to hang out with me. I would love, I have this image of the dog just laying next to the bass drum and just sleeping through the whole show. (laughs) Uh, He did that in practice the other day. He was just like, he just wanted to be, cause we were all in one room and then he was like in another room and he just came in and he just plopped down in the center, like of the five of us practicing. Cause, cause he was like, what are you guys doing in here? Like, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a, I, a, I got a dog 13 years ago, still have him, but it was like, it yeah. was a major, because it taught me my emotional state. Like, I would fly off yeah. the handle if the door didn't open. I'd be like, God damn it. And then, like, my dog would get scared, and I was like, oh. He'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I called him, like, my little monk, because he would just keep me in check, and that started making me realize, like, oh, you need to fix some things, dude, because you're scaring this cute little fuzzy thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter, the drummer, has gotten really into online chess, like the chess app, like during uh, oh. the past year. And sometimes he'll like lose and he'll be like, fuck, you know? And my uh, my dog, Watley, will like literally either come up to him and be like, arm, arm, or he'll like take his paw and like <laughs> go like this. <laughs> it's so cool. He's like, yo, <laughs> yeah, it's astounding that they, like, my dog, Charlie, like, I was upset about something, like, crying. And yeah. he just came and, like, like he knew, and I was like, and it just, I don't know, it's, cr- like, people who don't understand pets and, like, shit talk it and be like, it's like, you don't know, you don't know. Mm-mm. And also watching my, uh, you know, my boys in the band, and we're in the van, and the dog is, like, doing something funny, or, like, because we have a bed in the van, the dog will be, like, just up there, like... <laughs> You know, and they'll like look over and like start, you know, I just like seeing the other guys like laugh and smile too, just at something as silly as, yeah, just silly stuff, you know, Yeah, <laughs> takes the edge off. <laughs> it does. It's like, it just reminds you like, cause dogs are just so present. It's like, 
Yeah. And I've always had a dog my whole life, like even when I was like a little girl. So it's like always been like my sidekick, like I have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like when something goes wrong with my dog, like when they get sick, like it's like heart wrenching. And I think, oh yeah. Because I I won't lie, they drive me insane. Like they they bark all the time. My dogs are monsters. But then once like they get something in their paw or it's like, it's like the worst thing on earth. And I really like, yeah. realize like how much you, how much they mean and how totally it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up in Cape Cod. Is that? I did. Yeah. It's crazy because, and this is my ignorance because, uh, but like I, cause you, I read that you said you grew up poor and it's like you, I never thought of Cape Cod as like having, Oh, people are always like, oh, you're from Cape Cod. People actually live there. And it's like, yeah, there's like an entire like workforce that like (laughs) sustains like all of Cape Cod, (laughs) you know? So my, I grew up with my mom. She's like a single, single mother and, you know, yeah, just like a super tiny rental house, like in Hyannis. That's, that's where I grew up. Like, I don't know. Um, you know, we never went on family vacations, but touring is kind of like that family vacation experience. So I think that's why, like, I love it. Just like all the guys, you know, and me and like, we all pile into the van, like eating chips and like cereal and like <laughs> French fries. <laughs> Although we're trying to eat healthier now, but <laughs> it's hard on the road, yeah. especially if like, like I used to tour with a theater and they gave us $25 a day. And it's just like, first of all, I want to get drunk. So that's not going to cut it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I would eat McDonald's so I could get drunk, and I'm sure one day my heart's going to go, hey, remember that touring time? <laughs> I'm here to say hi. <laughs> yeah. But it, um, when you yeah. first started touring, was that sort of like the first time you started, I don't know, getting out and seeing the country? It was like free travel, yeah. Um, you know, when I was like in college and high school, I did like hitchhiking I with read my friends. That. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And my dog and like, yeah, I just, I just have always really wanted to travel and I always really liked music, but I, you know, I don't know, moving to the big city from Cape Cod, it was just like a shock. Like I, you know, I thought, you know, it would be, you just like, uh, I was like, I don't know. I just like, we'll make money and then I'll just travel. But like, it's not really that easy always. So like, <laughs> but being a musician, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. If trick. you don't mind sleeping on some floors and couches and crappy hotels, then you're all good. <laughs> How old were you when you were hitchhiking? Uh, like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You weren't scared at all. Like to me, I like I would like in the sixties. You're like, oh, it was a different time. But now I'm like, all I would think of is like, well, I guess I'm going to end up in a ditch. I don't know. I I mean, I guess I was, but I I was also like, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just a risk taker. (laughs) I'm just one of those people. I don't know why, but you know. Did you ever like somebody pull over and you're like, nope, not that person. Definitely. Yeah. And I had my dog with me too. Yeah. I just, that's. My dog knows. Yeah. Your dog. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Probably harder to get picked up with a dog or is it easier? Uh, I don't know. I guess easier in a way. I don't know. Yeah. 
yeah. Maybe easier. It was like a small pit bull. Pit bull. Oh, that's good. See, that's yeah. Pit, a pit bull looking <laughs> dog is at least going to make people a bit more like, don't fuck with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you always sort of restless? Like, I got to get out and move around, even as a younger person? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, you're like, come from a small town. You're like, I got to get out of here, you know? But yeah, I mean, it was tough, you know, there's a lot of drugs on Cape Cod. It's like kind of a de- depressing place. Like people get stuck there, like the same, like small town stories, I guess everybody has who comes from a small town. And yeah, I just wanted to see the world, you know? And, um, I really looked up to my older brother who was in like a really great nineties rock band, only the living witness. Um, he's a lot older than me, but I just like always like listened to the music and like saw him on stage singing and saw him perform at a young age. And I was just like, Oh, that looks awesome. Did you, but I was, what? Oh, I just, did you play in a metal band? Cause he was kind of metal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I played in one, uh, the Western Syndrome, but that was like um, le- in college. Um, but I was always like in high school, I, you know, I would always be at band practice with my guy friends, but I never like was in the band, but I was always like at all the band practices. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I would, yeah, I was a, a singer and I played violin, but I just didn't think that. And I mean, nobody asked me, but like, also I I never like thought that I could do that in a way. Like I was a really quiet person. And even to this day, people are like, I couldn't imagine you like, you know, in my other compartmentalized areas of my life where I like, you know, meet people, they're like, I couldn't imagine you being the front person of a band. Like you're so quiet and, you know, you, you seem like, pretty introverted and i'm like yeah i am but it's the show you know it's like (laughs) that's how a lot of performers are like i think it's people always say that because i used to do comedy yeah we're like you're kind of quiet and i'm like yeah i don't want to be fucking shooting my mouth off all over like no one wants to be that person (laughs) no yeah And I never was that great at comedy. So I, you know, I was just like, all right, I, I'm going to go write and do other things. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I did kind of feel like the, the the performance itch and all the time that I haven't been able to like play a show, which is like almost two years now. I still haven't played a show, but uh, I, so I, I, someone asked me if I want to do a radio show up here. So I've been doing that and that's oh, cool. been my like performative like thing. Do yeah. You- <laughs> Is that online? Is that something people can stream too? Um, later? Yeah, I think, yeah, there's like a, on the WJFF radio Catskill app, there's uh, my show, Rare Pair Radio, um, uh, on Fridays at 8, 8 to 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I also do a lot of like the announcing, like, tune in Friday at 4 p.m. You know, like I do like that kind of stuff or donate now, you know, like stuff like, I don't know, for some reason that's like really fun for me. So I just do it. You might be able to do that for side money someday. Do the old voice. I would love that. Yeah, I I would love that. I mean, it's like a performative, it's singing songy talking, you know, and stuff like that. Is it, is it community radio? Cause I fucking love community radio. It is community radio. Yeah, it is. 
It's the best. Like I'd listen I know. to a ton of it at home. <laughs> More than I do like put on records and stuff. I listen to a couple yeah. different stations and it's like, I don't know, it feels so good. Like it's mentally good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there's some people I re- like really love like uh yeah, Kusar Grace from the Music Emporium. He's like I don't know, he's cool. Just like jazz stuff and um I don't know. Yeah, there's a bunch of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, when you so when you're watching your brother and stuff, what what led you to suddenly being like, okay, I'm I gotta fucking do this? Was there a, a moment? Is there is there your biopic moment <laughs> where you're like, all right, I'm gonna do? I'm it. like, I'm gonna get up on stage now. No, I don't know what it was. I guess it was like just seeing, you know. I guess on Cape Cod, it was a lot of like DIY shows at like the VFW and the Sons of Italy and like the, you know, I put on shows with the Gay and Straight Youth Alliance, you know, like that, those are the types of shows that were on Cape Cod, you know? And so I, I grew up going to those shows with, uh, I had a best friend who was also named Cassie. And uh, we would go to these shows and like, you know, mosh or like, you know, there's a lot of like technical, like uh, sort of like grindcore and like uh, stuff like that. Metal bands and odd time signature type of like metal, like math rock that, you know, we thought was really cool. Um, And yeah, I just, you know, I just had like a lot of like, guy friends who like did that kind of stuff and um yeah I actually met Gorilla Toss I think I've told this story like a thousand times but we met each other because we were playing the same show it was like a basement show in Boston and uh yeah I was playing the Western Syndrome and Gorilla Toss played before us and uh during my metal band I was like singing and somebody grabbed a, a hold of a pipe <laughs> that was like in the basement to like hold on in like this DIY basement show and they were like it was like just a mosh pit of like all these like a mass of like a rat king of like people like tumbling about and this one person decided and so he pulled it down and water just was like spraying everywhere and like I had like a mini panic attack in my head because I was like what is that hot water is that like, I don't know how this works. Like, is this boiling water, you know, or is this going to hit something and there's going to be like this arc of electricity that like fucking kills everybody. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was fine. <laughs> it was just regular water. And, uh, <laughs> what's astounding to me is it didn't happen sooner. Like it just seemed like that was destined to happen at some fucking point. Uh, I know. Right. I mean, and nothing really got ruined. I mean, things got wet, but like, it was just like a crazy story. Um, but out of all the times it could have happened, it happened when you were there and then you have, yeah, you got a good story and, out of it. And Gorilla Toss before me was playing. So they used to have a saxophone instead of a vocalist. Okay. It's the story gets crazier. I'm in. Are you ready? Yeah. You're in. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So the Gorilla Toss played, my band played, water incident, you know, water spewing everywhere. And we were like, oh, fuck, I hope nothing's ruined, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, that was crazy, man. Then we go home. Everybody goes home. And um, my band is like, we're like, oh, we got those gigs coming up. We should set up some practices. So we're like setting up practices. 
calling, trying to get a hold of the drummer of my band. We were like, why isn't he picking up the phone? Like, where is, like, where, what is, where is this guy? I hope he's okay. Maybe we should just go over there. So, uh, yeah, we, we're like on Facebook and, uh, it says that he's engaged, like engaged to be married. And we're like, Oh, that must be a joke. Ah, funny. (laughs) So we finally get, we finally get in touch with him and he's like, we were like, who are you engaged to? We didn't even know you were like dating anybody. And he was like, Oh, um, I'm marrying, I'm engaged to the, uh, the guitar player of the band's girlfriend. And then Peter's, the Gorilla Toss band was also breaking up. So we always make the joke that our bands just kind of like merged together after that day. Cause both of our, both of our bands were breaking up. Cause like the saxophonist quit out of that band. And then in my band, the, the drummer was marrying the guitarist girlfriend. It's all very confusing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then our bands merged and uh, we've been together ever since. Was it a, uh, because you were more of a metal band. I don't know what yeah. they sounded like. Uh, Gorilla Toss, the saxophone, was. it was like a, it's like, was, you know, similar. It was like James Chance, kind of like scrunky. So then I kind of added like the yelling element because I was like angry at the time, you know, and I like needed to express myself in that way. Do you but, not feel uh, angry anymore? Oh, I definitely get angry, <laughs> but I just, I'm not yelling anymore. <laughs> Of course I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to be. Like I'm How could you not be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was emailing with a friend of mine this morning and he was just like you have to remove the emotion from it. And I'm like, "How?" Like how he has money, so it's, it's a little easier for him. Oh. To... <laughs> He's a millionaire. I'm a guy who's like, I don't know what June's gonna be like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you do for fun other than the podcast? Uh, I, oh boy. I'm not fun anymore. What I've, do you mean? I have two kids, so I have two daughters, six and one's about to be two. So I would guess that would most and uh, like you were talking about how your social skills get like uh, start to wane because you're not around city people as much and you're on your own. Yeah, you like forget how to talk. Like yeah, I'm like I say poop uh, all the time. Like I'll just like say poop because I'm like used to, to saying poop stuff to my kids and then I'll be talking to an adult and I'll be like poop and then I'll be like what the fuck like and why I, why did I say that I did that when I had my first kid like because she would always wave goodbye with the loose like kid wave like the like why like that and yeah. I, had a, I had like a business meeting for a job and I that's how I said goodbye I was like bye <laughs> and as I did it I was like god damn it like but that's my world other than that, that's I, funny. I don't know. Like this is fun. Music's fun. Books are fun. That's sort yeah. of my, yeah. I make pizza. I make a lot of pizza. Ooh, you roll out the dough. I do it all. all cool. Of it. And I like started, like I started doing it because I'm, this is where it gets tricky. I'm from Chicago or I grew up outside Chicago, but people are always like deep dish, oh, right? Cool. But it was like, there's two kind. There's a thin crust in Chicago too, and I yeah. was trying to do both actually. But like, oh cool. But and then I just was like, got obsessed with it, and just was like, I'm gonna make this kind of pizza and that kind of pizza. And That's I awesome. Sort of got my own sort of pizza now. 
I've had two pizza jobs that I really liked. I worked at a vegan pizza place and I worked at a regular pizza place, but I really love the way that like kind of dough feels like in your hands when you're going like this, you know? I like dough. It's like awesome. Yeah. I'll eat raw, the raw dough. Like I just, I'm, I don't know if that's good for me, but Eh. yeah, it's not cocaine. So it can't chaotic. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Are you vegan? No, no, no. I just, uh, I just, I don't know. I like vegetables. Yeah. A lot. I t- uh, but I like cheese a lot. But I yeah. I, they can't do- I don't eat like the meat stuff. I mean, I eat f- only f- I only eat fish. I don't eat chicken or uh red meat or uh any of that other stuff. Yeah. I use lamb, duck. <laughs> I quit all that stuff a couple of years ago and boar. Boar. <laughs> I always feel bad. Like goat. Goat. People. I'll, I'll eat people. Yeah. <laughs> We have, a, you know, we have housing problems in L.A., so I'm just, I'm freeing up homes is what I, is yeah. how I view it. And I don't, I don't eat the unhoused. I eat people who have multiple, if you own more than you one You eat home, the rich. I eat the rich. Literally, I eat I the eat rich. The rich. <laughs> I, there's a story I read up, uh, the, about that really fascinated me, and it's when you were younger, you, did you buy a bunch of mixtapes that you found in a thrift store? Is that the accurate story? Oh, uh, well, no. On Cape Cod, they have these things called swap shops. They're freaking amazing. I've gotten so much good shit, like, over my whole life. They're at the dump, right? So it's like (laughs) you go to the dump to, like, drop off your trash. Um, But then there's this other area, like, of the dump, which is, like, next to it, which is, like, basically, like... uh, what are they like kind of like open train like storage containers and it's all like organized and it's like just like the stuff it's like a free store basically yeah 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 so like you can get clothes there i got my first amp there i read that as well that's kind of yep, cool i got guitars there i got um clothing um so much shit. How uh, much has the dump influenced your you your growth as a musician? <laughs> uh, a first question. That's the first time I've ever asked that question. But that's like kind um, of like your first amp and those cassettes. That's kind of like weird. Yeah, mod- I never really thought of it that way. I mean, there was yeah, there was like just this whole like slew of like mixtapes with like all this like '90s rock and just like homemade tapes that like some depressed musician had thrown out, (laughs) you know, I was giving up music and like, I found it, you know, and I was really thankful, you know, was the depressed musician person. Were they good? Did you like it? They were great. We ended up becoming friends. Yeah. How'd that happen? That's wild. It's a small place, small town. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a while, but he was uh, older than me. Kind of like a guided by voices vibe. That's wild. It, it was, yeah, were they? We were in this band called the Fleece and the Blue Dress. We were in a couple projects. Oh, that's cool. So you found these this guy's tapes. Did you know who he was before that? I don't think so. No. And then you became friends, and then you. That's kind of crazy. At the dump. At the dump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like, that's like, I don't know. Like if that was in a movie, you'd be like, man, I don't know. That doesn't seem boring. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the dump is great. It's a great place to meet people up here too. I mean, I feel like I always run into, well, since I haven't been using the van for like tour, I've been using it for the dump. (laughs) (laughs) So my van smells like garbage right now, kind of, but like, yeah, Have you? I always like run into people at the dump. Like I, like I can't go to the dump, like in my PJs anymore, even though everybody does because nobody cares about how they look in the Catskills. They're just like, yeah. Or in the Catskills, people are just like, you know, kind of... Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, so I always run into people at the dump. There's also another band that, like, lives in town, the Nude Party, who I'm, like, friends with. You know them? I know of them. Yeah, they live in Livingston Manor, um, and we all work together at the same bar, too. Oh, So I run into... I run into them a lot at the dump. Have you found love at the dump? At the dump? Um, well, no. (laughs) Flirtations at the dump? (laughs) Sure, of course. (laughs) Who hasn't flirted at the dump? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, you know, yeah, I I don't have enough cash on me, and the, (laughs) the dump attendant lets me put a little bit extra in the crusher. Uh, and, um, yeah, sometimes it gives my dog a biscuit. That's good. <clears throat> yeah. The, what is the, cause I, I've bartended, I ha- thankfully haven't bartended in two years cause mm-hmm. I was getting to the point where physically I was like, I don't know, but the money is so like, I would, what's the bar like in the. In the cats, this bar because that fascinates um, me. The bar's fascinating. It's a brewery. It's a brewery. Oh, so it's not like it, a towny bar. It's not. It's not like a towny bar, but it is. But it's like um, it's a brewery, and it's like kind of like a tap room. So it's like a, um, it's like very like industrial, like the the like the tanks and all like the scientific instruments to like brew beer are, like strewn about, and then there's like a like a bar. And, uh, I just like it because I can just kind of like do whatever I want. Like there's no like boss, like, but like going over you, like, like, (laughs) why are you doing this? I don't know. I tend to work like really fucking hard. Like I, I feel like I'm lost if I'm not like working like four or five jobs, like at the same time, (laughs) including music, you know? So like, I'm always cleaning and I'm always doing my stuff, but it's just like really nice to just to have a place where I just come and do the work and then I just go home, you know? And like, I, I'm a therapist to like some people who like come to the bar and just like, listen to them (laughs) and like do funny things. And then they like tip me and then I go home, you know, it's like pretty like mindless, um, work, but, uh, I hire, I like all the guys from the nude party, like work there too. And it's cool. Cause I just did the schedule for like three or four months from now because <laughs> we're all, we're touring, but we're like touring at like different times. So I, everybody's just, we're just trying to get everybody to have enough money, you know? Cause that's the, one of the things about being a touring musician is it's like, you don't make like a ton of money and especially like bands like ours, where we have like five, six members, you know, like in the touring crew, like you don't make much money. So you have to like supplement your money, like in other ways, like, yes, music is my career, but it's like, not like, I don't like, I'm, I'm not like rolling in dough from it. You know, do you think that, that day will come like because you your band is great 
Like you're great. Like there's no arguing that. And I feel like there's a unique sound. And like I was listening to it this morning, and my kids were listening to it, and everyone's like, "This is fucking great." Well, cool. my, kid, my kids didn't say fucking great, but they have. <laughs> they said this is poopy great. <laughs> but like I, you know, you know, sometimes you hear something and you just know there's something special there, and that's how I feel about what you do. I thank you for saying that. I I am not. Um... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not banging on it. I'm, I'm satisfied where it is now, you know, and I, I would be pleasantly surprised if some, somehow we made money someday, but I, I'm at peace with the fact that like, I just like, I really miss playing shows and I miss, I miss like kind of like that disassociative, like performing and like feeling all the energy in the room and like, I'm also a little nervous because that's a lot of fucking breathing and sweating and viral whatever <laughs> shit. But uh, I am excited to feel everybody's energy again and be sweating and other people sweating and dancing and just feeling like, you know, because we've all been going through so much trauma during this pandemic, just kind of the constant barrage of like death and sickness and like you just can't get away from it. And when Trump was around like it was even more like just like fuck like all the time like what the fuck's gonna happen next like how much worse could this actually get you know but uh I think it'll be good you know to be on tour again and kind of just kind of feel like a little bit normal again you know <laughs> yeah and you go into sort of a state when you perform right I, I've heard you compare it to also to meditation yeah, totally. I mean, I have to because I don't really, I'm not really an extrovert. So I have to go somewhere else in a way in order to like even do it like at all. Cause I get so anxious if I don't, you know, and that may mean like, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, it's like, Uh, like when you're talking, so you're talking, I'm talking right now and like my eyes are closed and I'm thinking about the way that the sound is hitting the bones of my mouth and my lips and like uh, thinking about how, like if I'm hitting a higher note that like the vibration is going to be different than if I'm hitting a lower note, almost like a string, you know? So I'm like thinking about like stuff like that you know, or like thinking about like releasing, really letting tension from my tongue so I can hit the higher notes or like, you know, moving, making weird, like things with my arms and feeling like what my muscles feel like. I mean, that's, those are the types of things I'm thinking about or the words, I guess, too, sometimes. And what, you know, do those words mean something different to me now than they did when I first wrote, wrote them? Like, you know, eight, nine years ago, definitely, you know, and like deriving new meaning from that stuff. And I try not to think about the audience because that kind of freaks me out. You know, it, it psychs me out, freaks me out more like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, cause I was reading how you're, you used to have more abstract lyrics and then I mm -hmm. think it was after you had the heart, stuff that you your lyrics at least for this one song then the piece I was reading was like you were trying to be more direct about what you were saying opposed to the abstract yeah. approach has that yeah. approach continued and do you and was well I'll just leave it at that I had another part but then I have oh I have, totally <laughs> my brain I mean, moves it's too like, fast sometimes 
it's like a anxiety thing too. It's like oh, I don't really want people to know how fucking like weird I feel trying to operate in a normal society. Like I really like I really can't like connect with a lot of people you know I like really I really feel really strange like it, this is really strange or like you know I really was like really depressed like super like freaky like ooh, kind of depressed and like I just was so like I had to be abstract because it was like so dark that like I just thought you know I was just holding it all in but it doesn't have to be that way you know it's like to be a musician, you don't have to kind of like dwell on that like supreme darkness. And it took me a really long time to like realize that, you know, it's like in order to write any sort of music, I felt like I had to get down to the darkest, deepest, like depths of my soul to like write this shit. But like, you don't have to go there. I mean, you've already been there. So like, just like say what you need to say and, um, but this new album, I mean, it hasn't come out yet, but there's a lot of songs that are like super mantra-y and like positive and stuff like that. Um, because I think during the pandemic, it was just kind of like the great equalizer. Like all of a sudden, you know, people were like, felt like that high like level of anxiety for such a long time that it was like it became almost like PTSD like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean just like hearing like it just hearing Trump is like so he's such like a a psychological like narcissist abusive narcissist that like I don't know if you've ever experienced any sort of like psycho narcissism type of person like that hearing Trump hearing <laughs> Trump would like just brings that back yeah and in like this like primal way and uh it just reopens wounds that you have like totally like buried and tried to like just totally forget about and um same with the isolation you know you're just like oh I'm isolated I'm like completely by myself and like Oh God, like where could the, you know, in being, um, an addict, you know, a junkie, like it was like, I was like, I just cannot go there. And I just don't, I got over that shit. And I just like, I need to like figure out a way out. Like it's like essential, you know, or like I'm going to die. So like, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, started doing the online therapy and and kind of talking to people about my feelings. And part of talking to people about your feelings is like writing lyrics, you know, <laughs> and like just like like visualizing positivity and visualizing like ways out or, you know, yeah. Um, did you, yeah. when you were writing the abstract lyrics prior, did you want to cross over and be more direct or was that? I did. I did. But I was also like, I also, it was a little bit like, I didn't want people to think I was lame too, you know, like I, that I was like a pop person, you know, I, I feel ashamed saying that, but I just like, I just didn't think it was like cool or something. And I also just didn't want to open up either, you know. Um, but there's nothing wrong with just saying what you feel, you know. It doesn't yeah. have to be cryptic. And it's going to still be poetic. And it's not like I was, 
like there's a there's a there's different la- levels of it. Like I'm not like, ooh baby, I love you. You know, it's not like that. You know, it's like you broke my heart. <laughs> it's like it's like I try to write lyrics that are a little bit you know, unique and do talk about the extreme existential feelings that I have that um, I think other people have them too, you know? I think, you know, maybe they get a different meaning from it, but uh, I think other people are existential too. And I've felt so weird my whole life and disconnected from other humans that like, I just like, I don't know, but, but, but in the past couple of years, I've been like, uh, I think other people are this existential too, you know, people, other people have experienced trauma. You realize when you go through therapy and like, you know, all that group yeah. therapy. <laughs> I, I also, someone who's endured a lot of trauma and stuff, it's like when it's young, it's hard when you're young, it's hard to acknowledge. It took me years to just be like, get it in perspective. Yeah. And it's like this, and it dictates a lot of, or it, it, at least for me, it dictated a lot of my choices in life. And guess what? None of them were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of bad choices over here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I t- you talk about hitchhiking like it was nothing, but I mean, I, at, you know, 14, I was like sneaking out of the house and, just like walking around my neighborhood with my friends and like setting off fireworks and like, like late at night, like, you know, one to like 4am just because like I needed to get out of the house cause my parents were fighting or were like, you know, I just couldn't be around it. It was just so fucked up. Um, so like I was already walking around in the dark, like <laughs> when I was like super young, you know, and like, I don't know. Yeah. Were there writers that you were like that were more direct with their emotion that you were drawn to? If does that did I articulate that well? That didn't sound right. I mean, I derive influences from all types of music, you know. As I said before, you know, in high school it was like a lot of like metal and hardcore. And those those lyrics are more cryptic cuz it's like um I don't know, maybe because most of it's written by men and like those types of men are like super macho and they don't want to show their emotions. And I felt really macho and didn't want to show my emotions, you know? And like, uh, but yeah, I mean, when I was really young, I was really into the Beatles, you know, and they're pretty like, (laughs) yeah, you know, they just say in there, but it's also poetic, you know? Um, I don't know. I just I I've been what? Oh, I was just I, was, go ahead. I don't know. Uh I started running like this month and I haven't run since like I was in elementary school. Uh and I I've never been good at running and I never thought I could do it, but I just started decided to start doing it. There's like this like app, it's like the Nike Run Club like playlist or whatever. And there's this one song um by Mary J Blige. You know her? I know her. <laughs> Yeah, I would never like listen together. to this music. Oh, cool. <laughs> no, I I couldn't like I know who she is, but like if you played her, I'd be like, ah, maybe that's her. I don't know. I'm not yeah. like, savvy. 
there's like this like song on this like on this on this playlist it's like i don't know what the name is but it's like mary j blige like i feel amazing like i feel good i feel great yeah i feel amazing i feel amazing i feel amazing and i just like when i run to that it's just like you know i feel like really amazing and i felt like that song was like how i was trying to write this pet this album that's going to be released soon was just kind of like saying like just trying to be positive and if i like say it enough times like maybe i'll get through this you know and i think it was helpful and i hope it helps other people too i'm sure it will yeah i that's interesting the the mantra aspect yeah i the and i eric and i talked about this but like I have use a mantra to meditate. It, it's just like something I've never really done. I used to do some, I don't know. It's interesting to have things that you repeat. And I think, mm-hmm. it, I believe it does affect your brain. Yeah. Me too. There's been writers <laughs> who have been like so honest about their fucked upness and just like, here's the crazy shit I've done. And it's just, and like to, when I first saw that, I was just like, wow. Like as a young person who wanted to be creative just that opening up that door of like you can be brutally honest and it's almost like that keeps people from touching it it's like i'm gonna put it out there first so you can't fuck with me yeah like like reading bukowski like in high school you know you're like whoa (laughs) somebody gave me bukowski in high school too and uh, you know it was like they were like this should fuck with your high school reading list and it just like changed everything i was like jesus like it was yeah or nietzsche yeah it was like almost terrifying Sartre or like yeah all kinds of stuff yeah I find it interesting I don't know in this total change of subject but like you you're not the first musician I've talked to who's like moved out to these small towns and it feels like like it used to be so everyone moves to New York San Francisco Chicago these Boston to be like these big cities to be a part of a community and be creative. And now it seems like it's becoming sort of the opposite. People are scattering. Yeah. Well, one it's, it's too expensive. Yeah. It's like way too expensive for what you get and the quality of life isn't as good. And then, um, everything's digital now. Like I talked to so many people on zoom, you know, or like on the phone and like, I just like, I don't know. It's like two hours from New York city. It's not that far, you know, it's, it's really not. And like, especially if I'm going on tour and I'm like going to all these other places, like there's no reason to live in the city and like, kind of like to suffer like that. Like there's, there's just no reason to put my body through that to like have to hustle so much more and have like no peace and quiet or peace, you know? Yeah. It's just not worth it. Yeah. When I lived in New York, I just, I like, to have quiet and I, it didn't exist. It didn't exist yeah. in my apartment building. Like there was always somebody yelling, playing something, throwing something. It was just like, yeah. and I, after a while, that's psychologically, it's not good for you. Or for yeah. me anyway, maybe it is for some. Yeah. I mean, maybe it just was good for that time. You know, like, you know, I, I, I akin it to like, you know, many years ago when I, you would do a lot of like cocaine because I, I just really liked, I really liked getting all my friends in a room and having them just talk, 
you know, we just like talked for fucking hours. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good for my body. I mean, it's like, it's no good when it's gone or when you have to go to sleep, but like, it's just like for that moment in time, you know, it was good to just get all those people in a room and talk. I'm just going to hash some stuff out. I could ask all my dude qu- friends, like all these like questions that I've always wanted to ask. Cause I'm like a really curious person. And like, I just like to know, I just like to figure people out or not figure people out, but just like find stuff out, you know, just like to understand them more, you know, yeah. in a better way. Were you asking um, dude questions of like, Hey dudes, why are you so fucked up? Because you're dudes. <laughs> Like, were you trying to no. like ask specific questions towards dudes? No, like you, just questions you don't usually ask people. Like, you know, like, oh, what was it like for you growing up? Like, how, what was high school like? You know, I, and for because because I was so like needed to go to therapy so bad, I like I like wasn't able to do that without drugs. But now I am, you know, and that's cool. Yeah. But for that point in time, like I was like I didn't know how to like connect with people on that level without doing drugs. But now I do. Yeah. We're, like we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, uh, oddly, today is one year of me not having the booze drug. Woo. Good for you. Yeah. I was, uh, it's amazing when somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, I'm in a dark place and I don't know it. That's pretty much what happened. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I have kids, so you can't, I have to, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be good for, I, you know, I didn't have a dad either. I had, or I did, and then he, then I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't want my kids to grow up and be like, yeah, dad was drunk a lot. And it's like, you know, or he wasn't there. Yeah. Or he was cranky or he was this or that. It's like, I, I don't, I don't want to cheat them. Yeah. I don't want to cheat myself out of experiencing them, their lives. Like that's cheating totally. myself. You don't want to forget one moment, you know? And I'm already like, forgetful. Go- I don't need help. It comes it goes away so quick. I mean, my cousin, I remember when he was five or six and like you said you have a six year old and I just remember he asked every every question, you know, every you know, like he'd be like, Dad, why do you hate traffic? <laughs> You know, and like his dad's like, fuck, like in the front seat, like God, brr. you know, he's like, Dad, why do you hate traffic? And like six is just such a special like age. And now my cousin Camilla is now that age. And she was like, she came over and I was like, so, um, you know, what do you think of my house? And she was like, oh, it's pretty cool. And I was like, do you like my plants? You know, just like trying to like make conversation with like a young child. Um, And she's like, yeah, you have a lot of plants. Seems like you like to take care of things. (laughs) And I was like, I do, you know, <laughs> I'm a caretaker. <laughs> they can be so insightful. And I think we don't acknowledge that. Or it wasn't acknowledged as me. I was just told to shut the fuck up all the time. And it's like, yeah. my, my daughter <laughs> says wise things. And it's like, you should listen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause they have like a whole other perspective of like, that's like untarnished and like not jaded and like, yeah. just like genuinely curious. Like I strive to like be that like you know, learning, you know? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the artists I've noticed, like, do you know who John Lurie is? It doesn't matter. Who is that again? That sounds familiar. He, so he paints, he does music, and then he has this show. And he, he started yeah. off as a music, and he's in a bunch of movies. But there's, 
Oh, I, he co-founded the Lounge Lizards. Yeah, that's he, he was in the Lounge Lizards, and then he did it. Sick. Okay, he, I know them. <clears throat> Marvin, he did Marvin Pontiac, which was a project after the Lounge Lizards. But there's just, and even like watching him on the show, or I just read his book. Yeah. There's just such an innocence and a like just this open childlike approach to his creativity, and I experience his work and and it just and i've realized i'm like fuck i've gotten away from that and it bothers me and i'm like how do you hold on to that yeah because it's important to hold on to that i think it's like kind of like not having expectations yeah you know yeah and i just i see watch my children paint and sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes it's kid stuff, just like, wow, it's all over the place. But sometimes there's these visual, and it's just like, it's pure freedom. And it's... Yeah. And they don't understand colors, like, these colors go together. But they'll choose these color patterns that are just like, you just go, what the fuck? Like, that's amazing. Like, those are amazing choices. And it's just... Yeah. It's freedom. It's... That's yeah. all it is. <laughs> yeah, like, anything can be a game, too. Like, I like that. Yeah. You know, like, it's like... You want to play Crazy Shark? Oh, how do you play? How do you play Crazy Shark? And they're like, oh, just like go like this. The shark is crazy, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And like, I I feel like I'm a kid, you know, like because what? Because when I was a kid, I wasn't really allowed to be a kid. I was supposed to be like a real adult, you know. I yeah. had like lots of adult uh, jobs, <laughs> you know. Me too. Um, and it yeah. was, and then I, start, I started working when I was like eleven or twelve, like just cleaning houses, you know, <laughs> I was like cleaning up houses for you know parties that people had like on the beach, you know. Yeah. I also packaged seaweed. Packaged seaweed. Yeah, it was like seaweed that was like ground up and dried with like paprika or like lemon pepper or something. I was, I don't know. I was too young to be doing these things. <laughs> is, that, is that delicious? Did you try it? Uh, yeah, it was delicious, yeah. It's like a seasoning. Yeah, I think about that at the kids of the depression and stuff. And like, Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, you weren't kids. Like, you had, like, no wonder, like, my grandparents and my dad were, my dad was a dick, because it's just like, they came from that world of like, yeah. you don't play, don't play, be serious, you're a kid. Like, it's just like, yeah. it's crushing. It's crushing the spirit. I was thinking about that a lot. You know, we always talk about boomers and stuff and that kind of thing. And I'm always like, why, why are they thinking that there must be a reason? It's not just like that they suck, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, there's like some sort of like, yeah. Um, I've thought yeah. about that a lot too. Or like, like children of the, the de- people who lived in the depression's children, like, you know, like my mom is a hoarder, you know, and why, why does she, why is she a hoarder? Like, why, like, why are there avalanches of stuff and like tiny pathways? And it's like, well, cause you know, you grew up, your parents were lived through the depression where like, you know, nobody had anything, you know? And so you just save everything in case you need it someday. You know, it's completely logical yeah. in a way. And then we had the 50s where everybody just, and my mom is a product of that, where it was just buy, 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 buy stuff, buy stuff, yeah, buy stuff. And buy. Then, and then throw it out. Throw it out. My mom threw yeah. out like amazing shit. My grandfather owned bars in Chicago and he had 
all the stuff from his bar, and it was like a lot of just you know stuff like old weird statues and shit that was worth. My mom threw it all out, and I was like, Those, oh. I was like, you threw out thousands of dollars, like you just. Th-. And she's like, oh, okay. And it Probably like, like really cool neon signs and stuff like that all too. That shit. Like it was just like that stuff's worth money. Ton, and this was like years ago, and it was worth money then. And it's not like yeah. my mom had money where she was like, oh, whatever. It was just, but it was yeah. just like that weird capitalist disconnect that everybody yeah. has <laughs> or the Vietnam area era you know like all those men that like had to go to Vietnam at like fucking 17 and like fight for something they had no like they just like they're like what like I think about that with World War II as well because then it was yeah. more like you couldn't come back and be like I'm fucked up you had to take it like a man and not you know and yeah but it was like totally those guys were that's probably why everyone was drinking so much and like beating their kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Like you couldn't. And like, I think that's the guys came back from Vietnam and they were, of course they were fucked up, but they were, if I had to go shoot people at 17. Oh my God. Or yeah. just see any of that. Like most people, you know, yeah. It, war ain't what people think it is. I don't know if you know that. That's pretty wise of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> insightful guy, this Matt Dwyer. <laughs> uh, uh, have war you sh- should... Have I shot anyone? Yeah, that was Have I been joke. to war? <laughs> no. You've been to the dump. I've been to the dump. <laughs> That's all that matters, the dump. <laughs> anyway... You are splendid. I really thank you. I don't want to stop, but I don't want to. You probably have things you want to do, and you're like, this guy's creepy. No, I have to, like, there's something wrong with, like, the alignment of my car, and I need to. (laughs) I don't know why that amused me so. It was so life stuff. It's like going, like, the, you know, I just know yeah. that there's there's something going on and you gotta fix I have sh- to deal with it. Yeah. I got to fix that shit. Uh, yes. Thank you. Good luck with your car. And I really, uh, you know, so, I, 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 sometimes I, sometimes I really enjoy these and sometimes it's really great and I really like somebody and I, okay. you, you're extra super great. So thank you. Thanks. <laughs> you are too. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Dwyer. Please become a Patreon subscriber. Also, rate and review the show and tell your friends about the show. The best advertising and the best thing you could do to help me is tell people to listen to the show. Thank you very much and have a good day.